For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner. And it is a... Victory Friday for me, and you all know I was going to start this podcast uh, in a happy mood because the Bears put a beat down on the Dallas Cowboys. I got to gloat to the entire Draft Network staff all for the last 12 hours because they all picked against the Bears. And most importantly, I got to see a very, very defeated Jerry Jones and a very, very sad Skip Bayless, which if you are a part of any Twitter following in the, nobody likes Skip Bayless. So it was enjoyable to watch him just have a complete meltdown. And I think he tweeted, I'm going to vomit. And I retweeted it and said, blessed and highly favored because I'm so, it, I'm, it, last night was such an enjoyable experience for me. So we'll, we'll quickly recap that game, any takeaways from that, and then we'll move on to the rest of the week. So Jake, I'll let you take it first. What were your takeaways from last night's game? Well, first of all, not the entire Draft Network staff picked against you, honey. I picked with you. No, no, that's true. I, I, took, I took the Bears, My and guy. the Bears beat the brakes off the Cowboys. My takeaway was Jamie hit the nail on the head a week ago talking about Trubisky as a sneaky play as a fantasy quarterback. He was great again last night, but the game plan has been different for three weeks. But I've been screaming all year, naked boots, get him on the roll. If he can't throw it, run it. He runs as good as any quarterback in the NFL, and that includes Lamar Jackson. Like, he's 1A. The dude is super athletic. Some of his best plays in the NFL have been with his feet. But all of a sudden, it freed up his brain. And he could throw when he was throwing dimes into tight windows. They just beat the hell out of him. They ran it down the Cowboys' throat. Troy Aikman came on the show talking about the Cowboys' defensive line should dominate this game. And about halfway through the first quarter, he's like, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, Roquan Smith goes out of this game. We were talking about off the show. Prince of Mukamara didn't play. Keem Hicks is out. Uh, I mean, and Chuck Pagano, give Chuck Pagano some credit, man. That was the number one offensive league coming in. And then the stats were okay late, but at one point in the middle of the third quarter, I think Dak had 85 yards passing. No, he stat-batted. They talked about it on the broadcast. Like that that last drive where they're in prevent defense, he hit 300 yards and Troy Aikman let him have it. He's like, yeah, this is stat padding. Like that's what it is. Like you're going to look at it, and if you didn't watch the football game, you go, yeah, okay, Dak had a good game. No, he didn't. Dak did not have a good game. They, no, he they, played He played awful, and he lost himself some money. Like, it was bad. Mark Cooper still not right. Uh, you know, it, it was interesting. Zeke was – it was weird because it was a close back-and-forth game, but they still don't rely on Zeke. It's not that it doesn't look like anywhere near the same run game. Gallup had a nice night, but he didn't do anything for a while. That was a stat-padding game for him too, but for fantasy purposes, I'm sure it was huge for somebody. Uh, David Montgomery, really solid game. No touchdowns, but really, really solid. Allen Robinson, touchdown three games in a row, but he had two. He's a beast. I mean, I, I, have, I have gotten a ton of respect. 
And I love Anthony Miller. I talked about the show last week. For a little dude, he plays so physical and brings so much excitement to them. Like, it was fun to watch the Bears kick the hell out of somebody. And they've beaten one team with a winning record this year. That's now, well, yeah, two. No, that's still, that's still one because they're both six and six. But the Cowboys are still not beating anybody. And they're done. Like, the NFC East, they should secede to whoever the best next best record in the NFC is and not even go to the playoffs. Yep. I'm with you. I tr- I tried to get them kicked out of the kicked out of going to the postseason on a, on a podcast earlier. Jamie, you're kind of you've been leading the Allen Robinson charge for quite some time, and he had a hell of a game, and and really is underappreciated. Um, and and they, people are starting to take notice. Like, listen, he when he was healthy, he's really really good, and he's now had two seasons of staying healthy, and it looks really effective as a wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. And look, I mean, there the, the are a couple factors in this as well. He hasn't really played with a, an above-average quarterback yet. Exactly. Uh, I, mean, we, I can't say Trubisky is that at this point. Blake Bortles before that. And again, as I mentioned in the preseason when we used to talk about him and where he was ranking, I think people think he's older than he is. He's 26. Like, he yeah, he's is really a young, young player. He didn't, and he, but he's just been around for a minute, and he had a couple of years where he got hurt. But he's a st- – I mean, if he was on – I, I'm not even going to put him like with a, with a star quarter. If he was on like a Atlanta, let's say, so I'm not going to put him with Mahomes or or somebody like that, but or Rogers. But let's put him win Atlanta with Matt Ryan. He would be considered a top ten wide receiver. Like he, 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 yeah, he's putting up ninety percent of the numbers Julio does. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people would talk about him in that vein, and, and they don't because he hasn't had that quite quarterback play. But uh, they've run so much through him. When you watch the Bears play the last few weeks, even you know you might look. They said, "Oh, we got five catches. I know we got two touchdowns." But he, it, they are looking to him. Trubisky is looking to him all the time. They are running so many plays to try to get Allen Robinson open, and he is getting open. It's just a matter of whether or not they can get him the ball. You know, Anthony Miller has been playing a lot better lately. Gets gets in the end zone there. Plays so tough and physical. I mean, even going back to his rookie year, the stuff this dude played through uh, is just remarkable. He's a tough guy. Once he gets kind of the full mental aspect of the game, like he 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 has some bad drops. He had a he had a missed block. He was supposed to crack back on that trick play uh, that the, that the Bears ran that just blew up in their face, uh, which about the only thing they did wrong in that game. Uh, but once he gets all that together, I think people are going to talk about him as one of the guys that's in that like top fifty best receivers in football from Dallas. Look, you got from a fantasy perspective, you got what you needed from Dak. You got what you needed from Zeke and Gallup and Cooper, but they did not play great games. Cooper and Gallup were invisible until late in the fourth quarter. Cooper's still hurt. We've been talking about that. I mean, and the time when Cooper got open, I mean, Trubisky, or not Trubisky, Prescott missed him like by a mile where Cooper's standing in the middle of the field with nobody around him. Uh, it was just a weird game overall. And just, it's just going to be disappointing that we're going to get an 8-8 eight and eight at best uh, NFC East champion where I think you could be dealing with a 9- or 10-win team like the Rams or maybe even Chicago that's sitting out. Which is, which is not only that, you're going to have them sitting out, but you're going to have a, a nine or 10 win team that's going to be going on the road to play one of these garbage teams in a home game. Like they don't deserve to have host a home game because they won a division. Like that doesn't, it, like, I, I just don't, it's the, we got to reshow. Especially if it's Dallas and you're putting a hundred thousand in, in a home field, like that's, that's although terrible. it could be the Packers or somebody that's coming in there. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's really, I tell you what was interesting. I want you guys to, to think about this. Listening to the game last night, did Troy Aikman's lack of enthusiasm and almost criticism of Dak strike you guys as odd? It's like it really changed from earlier in the year, and it was it was borderline critical. I, okay. I don't know if it's like Jerry was like, hey, I need some help here, or if that's really what he thought. But then when they showed the replays, 
And Troy was like, look, this is a throw from the pocket you got to make. You hit him in stride. He takes it. It was interesting to listen to his analysis of, of Dak. He was not borderline critical. He was very critical. I listened. I There were quite a few quotes of his that were put out on social media from Cowboys Twitter, all asking a very similar question, which is, did Jerry Jones make a phone call to Troy Aikman? Because it kind of seems like it. And the, the messaging and the tune, and we all know the reach and the emphasis that a guy like Troy Aikman can have on the conversation that surrounds a quarterback on a national broadcast I mean this was a bad moment for Dak and he's gone up and down with the I've seen articles about how there's no way he doesn't deserve that money to now I mean you've seen every article from he deserves it to there's no chance he's sniffing it to he's suddenly he lands somewhere in the middle we I said mean, all I, along if they put 30 million on the table in preseason he should have jumped all over it. yes I mean yes, the whole it, notion that he should be at 35 is absurd and right now he's looking like 22 to 25 yeah it's listen you can only the only Dak could bet on himself right and he, and he had, did he's look he's played really good he's gotten a lot better there's been a lot better Dak Prescott than there's ever been in the league but they're not winning sure. games. This coach is going to get fired, and you want to sign a $150 million deal with $120 million guaranteed? I don't see it happening. Yeah. You can spare me the statistics. When you go back and you look at this season and this is the roster you had and you went 8-8, eight and eight, it's going to be really tough for Jerry Jones to write a big old check. I just don't think it's going to happen. Not not at the level he thought he was going to be at. And he might, he might retroactively go back and go, yeah, I really wish I took that $30 million. But let's get into let's get into all these games. we got a lot of good matchups going on this weekend. And we'll, we'll start off with a really good one in the AFC, and that is the Baltimore Ravens going on the road to play the Buffalo Bills. The Ravens are six and a half point uh, um, favorites in this one going on the road to Buffalo. Jamie, I'll let you go first here. What do you see happening in that matchup? Line's a little high, uh, but I'm still going to take the Ravens to cover it. I mean, they're, again, they're trying to get people to bet on the Bills, but the Ravens are just, I mean, they're boat racing teams and they're boat racing teams with a lot better offenses than what Buffalo can throw out there. And look, it's a tough place to play, but it doesn't look like the weather's going to be very prohibitive to them. Uh, the Ravens are just better right now on both sides of the football. I, I'm really excited to watch this game because this is a litmus test for the Bills because we've talked a lot about them where they have played some good teams in one, but they also have played a lot of bad teams in one. I want to see this is the elite, this is the yardstick in the AFC and probably the NFL right now with the way the Baltimore Ravens are playing. How tough of a game does Buffalo give them? And maybe do they even win this sort of a game? This will kind of give us a better indication of whether or not this is a team that maybe can make one of those runs that we saw a lot of times in the early to mid-2000s from the wild card spots, or if this is a team that's going to have a really nice season, really good feelings in Buffalo, but we're going to not have to talk about them once we get to mid-January. So I'm really excited to see that from a football perspective. Uh, I'm probably not playing Josh Allen this week in fantasy. He's outside my top 12 quarterbacks. Uh, you're playing the you know your, your normal complement of Ravens, which is Lamar, Mark Ingram, and Mark Andrews. Uh, you're still going to play John Brown in this matchup, but he's more of like a wide receiver three. But uh, I'm really excited to see what happens here in this game because, to me, it's going to say a lot about whether or not Buffalo can compete with the elite in the AFC if they can keep this one close. Yeah, it's a great point because that win against Dallas last week isn't looking as good now. And this is a huge litmus test as you hit the nail on the head. Look, this is what it's going to come down to. Baltimore blitzes more than any team in the NFL percentage per plays. Josh Allen, since week five, is the number one quarterback in the NFL against the blitz. Period. Like that, that's, that's the game right there. Like, can Josh Allen take that step that he's done? And that's since week five. We're talking about week 14. 
It's a pretty large sample size. He's been really, really good. Number one in the NFL against the Blitz. And the Ravens are not going to not Blitz. That's what they do. So it's going to be really interesting to see that matchup there. I think the Ravens on offense are going to get theirs. So I'm taking the Ravens to cover. I got 27-20. I think it's going to be a solid game. Baltimore, they don't beat themselves either. They're really, really solid at what they do, but the Bills don't. I think somebody's going to have to have some turnovers. I think the Bills may turn it over a time or two in this one, which could hurt them. But I think I think they're solid. But I don't know that I don't know that we learned as much as we thought last week with the beatdown they had on Thanksgiving of the Cowboys. No, it's now coming off another loss for for them on Thursday night and knowing what Dallas did. It's um that Buffalo lot not trying to take anything away. It's always a it's always a good win to go into Dallas on Thanksgiving and get a victory. Um and they're still a very talented team. But like Jamie said, a good litmus test for this Buffalo Bills team specifically against the premier of the AFC. All right, moving on, Washington Redskins going on the road to play the Green Bay Packers. The Washington Redskins obviously coming off that big victory in Carolina last week. Uh, Jamie, the Green Bay Packers are 13-point favorites in this one at home. Uh, The Packers obviously have had some struggles as of late, but they took care of business last weekend in New York. What happens this week, and do they cover that big spread? This line always scares me when you get this high, but I'm going to take them because like Dwayne Haskins is going to try to like do a Lambo leap or something in the third quarter of this game, and it's just not going to matter. Um, <laughs> look, I just I can't. I, I look the Redskins. I, I like what they were doing in the backfield. They have they have their full complement of weapons now. Geist looks like he's getting up to speed. Peterson's not slowing down. You can run on the Packers, so I actually think both Geist and Peterson are flex consideration this week. Uh, I'm still waiting to see on Chris Thompson because they didn't really use him much in the passing game uh, in his, like, the east to back in to return last week. So we'll see. They had the lead the whole time. That's a great point. But, yeah, they they had the lead. They didn't have to use him. Yeah, like, this is normally where I'd love to play him because I expect them to be down multiple scores in the second half. But I don't think in the fantasy playoffs you could, unless you're in, like, a 20-team league, you could even consider the idea of taking that kind of a risk. But uh, the Redskins should be able to run the ball pretty effectively. The problem is going to be when do they have to give up on it? And they might have to give up on it midway through the second quarter. So that would be my only concern if you're going with those guys. Uh, I like guys a little bit more than Peterson so because he'll be involved a little bit more in the passing game. But look, the Packers should be able to roll and get the job done here. They're at home. They're facing a rookie quarterback that has shown quite literally nothing this season. Uh, there's no reason that – I mean, the rest of his defense hasn't been as bad as people think, but the Packers should be able to roll here. I love Aaron Rodgers as a top-five QB play. He's going to be a really sexy pick in a lot of DFS formats because I think he's like the fifth or sixth highest uh, – pricing in a lot of formats there so he's going to be in a lot of lineups there you I know Aaron Jones hasn't done much for you but you're still starting Aaron Jones Jamal Williams is still going to be heavily involved in the passing game he's a low-end RB2 and again you can't trust any wide receiver that's not Devontae Adams who's actually my number one overall wide receiver this week I think he has a monster game wow I like it I picked it 30 to 17 so I'm, I'm dead on that line um I think they covered as well I know the skins have won two straight, but it's been ugly. I don't know what the hell happened in Carolina last week. That made no sense whatsoever. But the Packers are a little bit desperate. I mean, they're they're keeping pace. The Vikings are right on their heels, even though they lost last week. They still play again here in a couple weeks. They want to show everybody they're still around. I mean, they've kind of been forgotten. So I I think Aaron Rodgers has a huge game, and I think they cover that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And this is one of those games where we kind of challenged them last week a little bit to say, okay, if you're if you think you're the green, if you think you're as good as you are, you got to go take care of business against the New York Giants. And this is another one of those games. You're it's December. You're playing in Lambeau. 
if you the, the bear, like the Bears win a game, they still they got you next week. The Vikings are right behind you. Like your division's right on your heels, so you got to take care of business. Yeah, but even that Giants game was like twenty to seventeen at one point. I think I know it wasn't. It was, it was it close, wasn't and then they kind of blew them out in the second half. But like they needed to play better than that. I mean, it was the snow. Sure. I get all that, but Aaron Rodgers was still great. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it'll be interesting. But I, I think they cover that. They're going to come out hot. They, they at least they should um, if they are considered a, a contender in the NFC. The next game we're going to talk about here: the Denver Broncos going on the road to play the Houston Texans. Another big spread here. To the Texans are nine point favorites. Jake, I'll let you take this one first. Uh, do the Texans keep it rolling, get a victory here, and cover that nine point spread after that big win against the Patriots? Uh, they win, but I don't have them covering. I got 27-20 Texans. Uh, I think Philip Lindsay's interesting. I think he's getting a little bit too much play because of James White's big night the other night, throwing into running backs on the Texans, but they've given that up a lot all year. You can't really run on them very well. I'll go back to that stat. They haven't given up a 100-yard rusher since 2017, and I really liked what Romeo Cornell did bracket covering the other night. Julian Edelman did nothing. I mean, he had some stuff late, but nothing early, and then covering White with a corner early. I think they put some stuff on tape um, that's going to hurt other teams. But Drew Rock played pretty good last week. Cortland Sutton's turning into a star. Uh, that defense has played really good. I think they're top five in the NFL still uh, for the Broncos, which has been really sneaky. So I think they hang around. I think they. I think the Texans win, but I think they. Uh, I don't think they cover the nine. Yeah, I'm along that same vein where I just think the line is too high. Uh, and I think there's also a chance that there's a small letdown game here for the Texans after that big primetime victory over the Patriots. But the Broncos are just – they do a lot of things solid and, and they don't get bl- – I feel like this is not going to be this big blowout of a game. Uh, if they don't turn the ball over offensively, they should be able to keep this close because Houston's defense has not been anything special. Um, I like Lindsey this week as an RB2. Um, you're not probably starting him this week, but there's some life – breathed back into Royce Freeman now with Drew Locke there as opposed to Brandon Allen because Drew Locke did, at least in this first start, look to dump it down a little bit more. So there is some life there, although you're probably not going to feel confident enough starting him. Colin Sutton is another guy that's probably going to be a guy that gets talked about. A lot like the way I've been talking about Allen Robinson of if he just had better quarterback play, we would talk about him as a superstar receiver in the league. But he has been excellent so far. Denver's defense is solid. And from Houston's standpoint, I'm probably avoiding the running backs in this game for the most part, as Jake mentioned too. Like I, I would, I bet you you have better options than Carlos Hyde this week, even in a flex spot. So I, I mean, to me, you're playing New Hopkins, you're playing Deshaun Watson, and then if you're a big underdog in your matchup, then I think maybe you play Will Fuller. But he's only a borderline top forty receiver for me this week. He's so boomer bust. So unless you're like a ten, fifteen, twenty point underdog, where you're like, you know what, I just need to take a shot here, he's probably not going to be in your lineup this week. Um, the next game we're going to talk about here, guys, is the game I'm most looking forward to, and that is the San Francisco 49ers and the New Orleans Saints, right? Uh, we knew when we looked at San Francisco's schedule and across the league, everybody said, listen, they, they've, they had been undefeated at one point, obviously now with two losses, but they have a tough schedule. They've already played, obviously, that tough road game against Baltimore and took a loss. This is another tough road game. They're on, going on the road to play the New Orleans Saints, but they showed me something last week against Baltimore. They were right there. It took a last-second field goal to win that game, and they just took a loss, and now they're going to play the New Orleans Saints, who have gone up and down in in where Jake had, had said they looked like one of the best teams, if not the best team, to then they've taken a couple knocks on the chin. They're a two-point favorite, so not, not the standard three-point. Two-point favorite at home the Saints are in this game. Jake, I'll let you take this one first. 
Uh, do you think this is going to be as good a matchup as I do? And who do you have winning? Yeah, I do. I, and I agree with you 100%. The Niners showed me a lot last week. Uh, they ran it really well. And they got more guys coming back. Uh, but the Garoppolo threw it pretty well last week in the rain. Kittle's an absolute star. Very interesting stat here. Drew Brees, 6-1 and one all-time against number one defenses in his career. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's another good one I saw this morning. I was like, well, I got to throw that one out there. This game, to me, all comes down to Garoppolo. You don't run it real well in the Saints. They stop the run. Um, he's going to have to make some plays. And I, I think Kittle's going to be huge. Uh, Debo Samuel, somebody's going to have to make some run after the catch stuff. They're going to stick with the run. And I like Kyle Shannon scheming it up. I'm going to take the Niners, 27-24. I think they're the one that kicks the last second field goal this time. The Saints have lost a couple bad games at home this year. They haven't been the same. They're not running it very well at all. Avril Camara doesn't have a game with 15 carries. Um, and you can't really throw it on this Niners team. They're giving up like 160 yards passing a game. It's an interesting matchup all the way around. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch, but I'm going to go with the Niners. Yeah, this, this was a tough one for me. I have went back and forth in this. I think I'm going to lean toward the Saints. My only con- my concern with the 49ers is if you can limit their, their rushing attack significantly, I'm still not ready to say – that Jimmy Galapolo is going to win them these big games. Like I'm still a little worried about it because Emmanuel Sanders is still hurt. He's not play- he might not have injury designations. He might just he might be a guy that's always going to be out there, but he's banged up. Like he is does not look like the same player from the first 2 weeks he was in San Francisco. Yeah, but they lost to Matt Ryan injured at home and Kyle Allen back-to-back weeks. I, I think Garoppolo plays as good as those guys did. Yeah, I mean he should, but like but by that logic the Saints don't win again for the rest of the season. So True. It's it, it's a really tough game. It can go either way for me. Like I don't have a, I wouldn't bet on this one. Uh, this one just sit back and enjoy it. Uh, I don't like any of the Niners running backs in this game for a number of reasons. Brita looks like he's going to be back, so it's going to continue to muddy the the backfield situation there. Um, a look, I don't think you can trust Tevin Coleman. Uh, he hasn't been playing. He hasn't been used as much. He's probably looks like a better real life player than fantasy player this season. The way he's being used. Mostert had that huge performance last week, but his touches are volatile, especially with Brita coming back. Like I think really the only Niners you're playing this week are Kittle, obviously, and then uh, Debo Samuel as a wide receiver three. And on the Saints side of things, like you're playing the studs. You're still, it's not a great matchup for Kamara, but you're still playing him. You're still playing Michael Thomas. But I'm not playing Drew Brees. Uh, this is one of those weird games where it's a really exciting games with two teams that have put up points that don't really have a lot of players you want to start this week in fantasy. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. You know what? This is the week, though, to go to a bar to watch games because you're going to have to have like five TVs. Yes. Even if you're like me and you want to watch the Bucks game, I'm still going somewhere because I'm damn sure not missing the Ravens' bills, and I'm not missing this one. They're all 1 o'clock kicks on Eastern time. It's like, man, there are some really good games that you don't want to miss. Like, I, I, don't, I wouldn't be wanting to just do red zone this week and catching a highlight here and there. No, Jamie and I talked about that last week, too. Like, they're, because that Baltimore game – was an early game and I wanted to watch that whole game right and I like to watch the bucket like it's there are too many games now where I want to watch them in entirety and red zone as much as I love red zone doesn't do it for me when I want to watch the whole game like I wish these games were I wish we had a couple of Saturday games this week where we have a little bit of more uh spread out so that way I could watch a couple more games in entirety because I definitely want to go out and watch the early games because there's just too many to watch and, and too many I'm really interested in so next game we're going to talk about here Cincinnati Bengals going on the road to play the Cleveland Browns uh we went from very exciting to uh, a whole lot of meh 
the Cleveland Browns are a seven point favorite at home. Uh, Jamie, from a fantasy implication here, you think this is a matchup where you feel comfortable with Baker uh, because it's Cincinnati and but like I said, it's it's fantasy playoffs and it matters and Baker's been kind of all over the map. Could not stay further away from a quarterback than I am Baker Mayfield. He still isn't throwing the ball, which kind of feels like something important that you should be doing. But Mama didn't raise no wuss. That's great, but also Mama didn't raise a good fantasy quarterback this season either. So, <laughs> so the reality is, is I like look. I, I I'm worried. I, Bengals gonna be out. For, dude, dude's a tough dude. Like, I'm not worried about it. But like, if he's limited at all, I'm taking the Bengals plus seven in this game. I think this is gonna be a field goal game in the end. Uh, the Bengals have That's aside right. from AJ aside from AJ Green, who's I literally just never gonna play again. Uh, he. Cincinnati has their full complement of weapons. They have Auden Tate. They have John Ross coming back this week. They still have Tyler Boyd. They have Alex Erickson. They have Joe Mix. They have pretty much have their full complement of offensive weapons. With Dalton starting, I think they can kind of keep this game close just because Cleveland, A, doesn't blow anybody out. And B, I'm worried that Baker's going to be severely limited in what he can do or he's going to maybe have to leave the game halfway through. Like there are a lot of concerns I have about Really, all of the Browns going this game. The Browns passing is like you're, Nick Chubb is a must start. Kareem Hunt's a must start. Landry's a must start. Uh, I mean, I have Oda Beckham as a low end wide receiver too this week. I mean, I I get. I mean, for most of you, he's probably starting, but I there are some scenarios where you might have better options on your bench, especially if you only play in a league with two wide receiver spots. So uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals here. I think this is going. I think the Browns win this game, but I think this is going to be close. I agree. I really want to pick the Bengals to win it. I'm, I'm definitely going to pick them to cover. I got the Browns 27-23 uh, with a game with a lot of fantasy implications. We're talking about the, the best game between two of the best teams in the NFC and Super Bowl contenders don't have any. And now these two teams. The one thing I'm also worried about with the Browns is now that they're done, is there a massive letdown? Does Freddie get these guys up to play now that the hype train has officially run off the rails and gone in the ocean? I, I, it, it's going to be really interesting to see. Are they professionals? They come out here to to play, or do they? If they have a letdown and lose the Browns, Freddie loses his job. Or excuse yeah. me, the Bengals. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I think they still have enough talent to get this done. But Andy Dalton's no joke, and that that offense we've talked about all years. When they put those guys out there together, they've put up numbers. They've lost, but their offense has been okay. They've hung around in a lot of games. I think they do it again. I think the Browns win, but I think the Bengals cover. Man, it would be fun to see what the social media conversation would be about the Browns if Cincinnati somehow uh, sneaks out a victory. Man, oh man, it would be dumpster fire time. All right, the Carolina Panthers going on the road in the division to play the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, the big news we already talked about on last week's or on the last podcast, Ron Rivera being fired. So no Ron Rivera in this one. Um, The Atlanta Falcons are a three-point favorite at home, the standard three points. Jake, this is your division. You watch closely. Two teams out of it. Uh, what do you plan to see in this matchup? I plan to see McCaffrey have a monster day, but I'm going to go with the Falcons to win 31-27 and cover that. I don't really know why. Normally, and we've talked about this a lot, when you fire an offensive coordinator and you saw a big boost for one week with, with the Chargers, right? That's not the case when you fire a guy like Ron Rivera. He loved in that locker room by the players, was a player, had a great tenure there. Perry Fuel's taken over as the head coach. He's not a big rah-rah guy. It's not like they're all going to be fired up that Ron's gone and they've given up on him. I don't know if you're going to see a letdown, but I really don't think you're going to get a boost from doing that. Um, other than I just think the Falcons' offense is better, I'm going to go with them at home. There's not really a lot of analysis here. I mean, I think Matt Ryan's probably a, pr- a pretty solid day. Um 
the Carolina's still up there, like, top three or four in the league in sacks. So Matt Ryan's going to get hit, but I, I don't know. I'm just going to go with the Falcons. I don't, I don't think Carolina's going to have any boost, but I think McCaffrey has a big day. I think DJ Moore also has a really big day. Yeah, this is one of those weird games where, like, if there weren't other, like, really good football games are, this game's extremely interesting. It doesn't matter. It's completely meaningless in the, in the context of the playoff picture and anything else that's going to happen this year. But it's a fascinating game because these two teams are more evenly matched than I think people give them credit for. I do wonder, you know, I went back and forth about do they get this boost or are they just – they just kind of seem sad around Carolina right now. So I'm that's sure what I mean. thought. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think they're like, yeah, we need to win one for Ron. I think they're like, well, it doesn't really matter what happens now. Like, and then not for the season, but like if they win the game, it's so not winning it for Ron Rivera. It'd be a little weird because the narrative would be, well, now you're winning that you fired him. So I, I don't know if that gives him any sort of a boost. I agree. McCaffrey has a monster game because he should, uh, but look, Carolina, you can run on Carolina's defense and you have been. So, I think they might the the uh, Falcons might show some semblance of a running game, which for them anything is a boost. They still going to have their all. It looks like they're going to have their full complement of weapons this week. Julio Jones has been cleared to play. Austin Hooper's coming back and is cleared to play. Calvin Ridley's going to play. So they're going to have all their healthy weapons on offense, really. So this is for the first time in a long time they've had Hooper, Freeman, Julio, and Calvin all and Matt Ryan all on the field together. Like they haven't had. It's been a while since we've seen all those guys together. Uh, so I think the Falcons have enough offense here to get the Of that out. bunch, who do you like the most? I think Ridley – I like Ridley the most of, the, of that bunch you just named of all the guys coming back. Yes, I'd say – I mean, other than maybe Hooper. I like Hooper too, but I think I Ridley – I like Hooper. Yeah. It's not the easiest matchup in the world for Hooper, but odds are you probably don't have a better option. I mean, you've been holding on to – even if you picked up like the Jack Doyles or Dallas Goddards of the world, you're still playing Austin Hooper over them this week. But I, I do think Ridley probably has the best performance. But we'll see with Julio. Like I, We need to see some more from him, by the way, before – because even Thank if you. you're not – even if you're not a Julio Jones owner, as you start to make some evaluations, maybe you're not in the playoffs right now, start to make some evaluations for next season and where you might take him. Uh, we need to see some stuff from him over the last month of the season. I guarantee you the front office is saying the same thing. Yeah, it's been a been a bit of a letdown from Julio this year uh, from a fantasy and from a real-life football perspective. So uh, we'll be definitely paying close attention to that game as I have Julio Jones on one of my fantasy teams. The Detroit Lions going on the road to play the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are a big favorite in this one. David Blau getting his second start for the Detroit Lions. The Minnesota Vikings obviously coming off that loss to the Seattle Seahawks. They are 12.5-point favorites at home against Detroit. Um, if you know anything about this division, these two teams always play each other tight. So even though it's David Blau, I was actually a little surprised to see that line as big as it is um, because of just how they, even when there's injuries and weird things, the divisions usually take care of each other pretty closely. But uh, Jake, 12 and a half, big line. You're the Vikings guy on the podcast. Uh, this is a below 500 team. So we know where Kirk Cousins will, how he will play in this one. What's going to happen in this matchup? I don't think they cover that. I got a 31-20. I think they win pretty handily, but I don't think they cover that. Uh, I think Stephon Diggs, a big day. He's played really well with Thielen out. Uh, Rudolph, you got to look at. He's been hot. I, I'm, the Dalvin Cook thing scares me. I kind of <laughs> – I got to buy in one league, and we're not in the playoffs yet in the other. Um, I wish he didn't play in this, in this game. I wish they'd hold him out so he'd yeah, be Bite fast. your tongue, sir. There are other people yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I think I think they split carries. I think Madison gets some of his catches. I think Madison gets some of his carries because um, I think they're going to win handily. I think they're going to be up. I don't think Dalvin Cook plays a ton in the second half. Uh, I think Minnesota's defense is really what's going to get this done. Uh, I think Detroit could maybe score late to cover that, but I think they win pretty handily. 
I'm going to take the Vikings to cover here, and only because I'm trying to figure out. And the Lions seem to find a way, but I'm trying to figure out where they score points here. You're not going to run on Minnesota. I don't care if they give Bo Scarborough 30 carries; he's probably not going to get 100 yards in this game. You're you're on. You're they're to the point of the season where they're putting guys on IR with hangnails. So it's like they're not even they're barely dry at this point. With all due respect to Jeff Driscoll's hamstring injury, that all of a sudden went from backup quarterback to IR in two days. Uh, but I just I can't see how Detroit puts up a ton of points. I know I know they get they looked okay at times on Thanksgiving, and you had that huge Kenny Galladay catch. But I think that was more luck based than anything else. Uh, there is you know I mean you're starting Galladay. Uh, I think if you're in a really deep league, I'm a little bit intrigued by Danny Amendola. Had some success against Minnesota earlier in the season. Minnesota's actually one of the worst defenses against covering slot receivers, so maybe he can have a little bit decent day for you in full PPR formats. Uh, I'm with Jake. There's going to be a, a timeshare, and I think it's going to be like 55-45, 60-40. Uh, I wrote for Sports Illustrated that my ima- I'm imagining that Dalvin Cook probably gets around maybe 18 touches in this game, and I think Madison's probably around 15. Uh, and I think Madison's the guy that's going to be in the game in the second half for the most part, and probably, probably the entire fourth quarter, because if the Vikings are up, let's say 17 points in the fourth quarter, Dalvin Cook shouldn't be on the field, and that's yeah. just justifiably so for – any purposes at that point. Probably shouldn't have been on the field even if he was healthy at that point. So, uh, But I, I think the Vikings can do enough here because I just can't see how Detroit scores. The Vikings are going to have to give the ball away a lot for this game to be within two touchdowns, I think. All right, the next game we're going to talk about here are the Miami Dolphins going on the road to play the New York Jets. Jets are a five-point favorite at home. Jamie, I'm interested in the over-under here because the over-under is 46 points, and I know we talked about the fact that this could, uh, on, on Wednesday show, I believe, or maybe even it was Monday, that this could be a high-scoring game. Um, what do you see happening in this one, and are you uh, interested in the over-under on that one? Yeah, the over is my lock of the week. And actually, you could still get it on at 45 at a lot of places. So if you can't, again, shop around a little bit. But uh, that's my lock of the week. I think this is a low-key shootout. I really do. Uh, I, I think that the Jets play – Jets offense plays really well at home. Darnold's – again, if you – you can look at the numbers and they'll tell you the same story. But just watch the way Sam Darnold plays at home versus how he plays on the road. It is it, – it's not as night and day as it was his rookie year, but it's like evening day. Like it's cl- – like there's a significant <laughs> difference. Uh, I mean I, how, his comfortability at home. I think they're going to throw the ball a ton. It just came out that Le'Veon Bell missed his second straight practice with an illness and Adam Gase will not – guarantee that Le'Veon Bell is going to play in this game, which again means he will run the ball negative times now. Uh, I think they're going to be a throw the ball a ton. Miami never goes away. Fitzpatrick's going to sling the ball. Him throwing it to the other team is a few times is really only to a benefit to you uh, if you take the over in this game. So uh, I like. I think Darnold's a QB1 this week. I have Fitzpatrick as like my number 17 quarterback. So in, in certain leagues, he might be a decent option for you. Like I'd play him over Josh Allen this week. I'd play him over Drew Brees this week. Um, I, I really like a lot of these guys. I think Robbie Anderson has a big game. Jamison Crowder should have a good game. Uh, Devontae Parker is a much start at this point. I don't think, I don't think you should be fretting over whether or not you start Devontae Parker. If you're desperate, I think Mike Jacecki is an interesting option there. I think Ryan Griffin's a tight end one. I think there's a lot of offense in this game. I think this soars over the over. And I guess I'll, I will take the Jets minus five in this since we have to pick on that as well. I'm going to take the Jets 31-30, so I couldn't agree more that it's going to be a shootout. I don't think they cover because I think Fitz is bringing them back, and they might even go for two to try to win it on the road. Um, I think it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun to watch on two teams that have been – Miami's actually been consistent. They play their asses off. They're hanging around. The Jets have either been really good or god-awful. I don't know which one we're going to get, but Darnold has been really good at home. I agree with you there. 
Uh, I don't think they cover the five. I, I think this one is back and forth. And I've seen a lot from Miami the last couple of weeks, man. They're not quitting on you. So to cover five and to say you're going to win by a touchdown, I don't know. Lock of the week, the over. We like the over. We like them points, that's for sure, uh, in that matchup. All right, the Indianapolis Colts going on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are the standard three-point favorite at home. Jamie, I'll go to you here. Uh, what's going to happen in this one, and do the Bucks keep it rolling? Got some breaking news before you do, Paige, for this game. Okay. Frank breaking Reich news. has ruled out T.Y. Hilton, Kenny Moore, and Adam Vinatieri. Barring setback, Paris Campbell and Marlon Mack should play. Okay. Yeah, Kenny Moore is the interesting one because I, I didn't expect T.Y. Hilton to play once they claim Chase McLaughlin, which, by the way, has been a better kicker than Adam Vinatieri this year, so that's probably an upgrade for that's them. That's an upgrade, I'm, yeah. As sad as that is to say out loud, uh, it is. Uh, but, yeah, Kenny Moore being out, and even there's some other guys there have been like uh, – I've been banged up. Malik Hooker's been banged up, but he's going to play. They're, just, they're banged up in Indy right now. Uh, you're not going to run on the Bucs. Marlon Mack isn't 100%. Uh, it, to me, I, the Bucks cover this. Bucks have too many weapons right now, and with the Colts having Kenny Moore out and other guys being banged up, I think Chris Godwin and Mike Evans have huge days here. Uh, I think the Bucks are going to be able to throw all over them. Uh, to me, I, I think it's an intriguing play in, in deep leagues is Paris Campbell uh, because I, I mean everyone's going to go for Zach Pascal this week after he had one big game. We did that four weeks ago, and he gave you three straight duds. So I'm not fully ready to buy into him yet. They, Frank Reich made a concerted effort in week nine, the last time we saw Paris Campbell, to get the ball in his hands in a litany of different ways. I think he's going to do the same thing in this game as well. So I would be willing to, in a really deep league, if you need somebody, is he's someone to kind of keep an eye on and look at. But uh, overall, I mean, look, Jameis is, is a QB one this week. Uh, probably avoiding the Bucks running back situations. I would still take Jones over Barber if you have to play one, but I'm, I'm probably avoiding the running back situation in this game entirely for the most part. I'm going to take the Bucks to cover the three-point spread. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll add to that is how good the Bucks defense has been the last couple of weeks. Devin White, defensive rookie of the month, has been on fire. He's finally healthy. Let me go back and look at how he started his season. He lost 12 pounds in two days, sick, getting IVs, went out and played the whole game. Then he sprains his MCL. He's out for three weeks, and then he took the brace off about four weeks ago and has been everywhere. He's exactly the guy you wanted to draft. He's been spectacular. And the young secondary is playing really, really well. I think they're top five in the NFL in turnovers now. Uh, so it, it, it's and you, and you don't run on them. I, I, one fun matchup in the matchup is the offensive line and the defensive line. I mean, that's, that's going to be the, – the Colts offensive line is one of the best in football against yep. Sue, Vita, JPP, Barrett. I mean, it's, it's going to be – that's going to be fun. That's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a fun one to watch. I'm actually looking forward to that one as well to see what happens and will potentially be starting Jameis Winston this week in a, in a fantasy matchup, just kind of toying back and forth with what my options are. So hopefully Jameis has a good week. The LA Chargers going on the road to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chargers are a three-point favorite on the road in this one. Man, two teams, like I said, like the enthusiasm level when I when I talk about certain games is excited. This is not one that I'm overly excited about. But I do need some big game, a, a big game from Leonard Fournette, as I'm sure a lot of other fantasy owners do as well. Jake, what do you see happening in this one, and what are some of the fantasy things that are potentially going to stick out in this matchup? I haven't had a lock of the week in a while, so I'm taking a lock for the Bolts to cover. As crazy as that sounds. This makes no sense for them not to go down there. Derwin James and Phillips back for a week. Their legs should be under them a little bit more. I watched that game close. Jacksonville's offensive line cannot pass protect. They are so much better with Gardner Minshew 
than they were with Nick Foles. But I see why he started turning it over a lot after a really good start. He runs all over the place and loses his mind in the middle of the play sometimes. And sometimes it's great and sometimes it's bad. But I think he's going to be running for his life. I think Fournette probably has a decent day. I think Chark and, and Minshew have a lot better chemistry than him and Foles did. So I think Chark's interesting. The rest of those guys, I'm not real sure. Uh, Melvin Gordon should have a big day. The, the Buccaneers couldn't run on him after they'd given up like 700 yards the previous four games. Uh, but I, I don't think I don't see zero reason why the Bolts don't go down there and it, cover three easily. I got to win them by 10, 30 to 20. Yeah, I, I am going down and winning and covering as well, which means they're going to lose by a last-second field goal and pretend, yeah, exactly. like, and then pretend like we should feel <laughs> bad for them. Uh, but no, look, the Chargers should be able to run all over the Jags. I, I think last week was a one-week aberration uh, in their ability to stop the run. I, I think Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler who will be using the passing game, are both RB2s this week. You've got to love Keenan Allen. You know, Mike Williams is starting. He's a little banged up, but he's been banged up all year. He's going to play. He's somebody that's been absolutely worth starting. Hunter Henry should get right back on track in this game. Uh, I mean, I see no reason why the Chargers shouldn't go down there and, and get this victory. You know, on the Jacksonville side, you, you have to start DJ Chark. I know there are a lot of DJ Chark owners that are a little bit, little bit nervous going into the postseason given his, his last two games, but I think Minshew being back there will give them a little bit of a boost for him at least. Uh, Final Fournette's a must start in this game. Uh, to me, I think it's just uh, Gardner Minshew is probably is probably an upgrade over what Nick Foles was giving you right now. But Definitely. I think people, but people uh, have a little bit of this pie in the sky thing of what Gardner Minshew was uh, based off what he did in the first couple games. Uh, he's still not an above average league quarterback. So, no, he's just exciting and he runs yes. all over the place and he makes some plays, but he also makes some stupid plays. He's a rookie and he's not crazy athletic he just has giant balls he runs all over the place and doesn't mind throwing his body on the line some of that stuff you i'd love to see jacksonville use chark a lot like they use dd westbrook some reverses some bubble screens he's great run after the catch but they're basically just sending him deep at this point or running you know 12 and 15 yard digs i'd love to see them get him the ball closer line of scrimmage in space and see what he can do yeah, absolutely. I think they need to tack the middle of the field a little bit more because they're using DJ Chark and Chris Conley. It's basically just deep options, and D.D. Westbrook's the guy in the middle of the field. They don't have a tight end to speak of at this point, so they, they need a little bit more help in some of these short intermediate routes from those guys. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, if they weren't the Chargers, like if you just took the name with Chargers away and you just you put all these players on a different team, you'd be like, yeah, this is the easiest cover of all time. But it's the Chargers, so they're going to make you sweat it out. Of course, that's what they do each and every week. The uh, Another great matchup, a afternoon game for the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs going on the road to play the New England Patriots. The Patriots, the standard three-point favorites at home. Big one for Andy Reid, big one for the Patriots. They, this is this is one that I'm going to obviously – they took a bad loss on national TV against the Houston Texans. They're at home. Do they bounce back and take care of business at home, Jake? Or is the Patriots, is this a different Patriots team finally? I don't think so. I'm taking the Chiefs 27-23. Inter- I inter- like it. Interesting matchup. This Chiefs defense has been solid at times. You can run on them. So I think the game plan for the Patriots is going to be a heavy dose of the run and try to stick around. Now, their defense has played really well. But when they've played good teams, they've gotten hit in the mouth and couldn't do a whole lot about it. I'd love to see Kansas City run it a little bit, but they're not going to. But I think they can scheme up enough. I mean, I think they can get to that 27-point mark, and I'm not sure that the Patriots can. I just I, The weather shouldn't be as – it's not going to be anywhere near it was against the Cowboys game. It shouldn't be that bad. The Chiefs are used to that. I, I just – I'm off 
the Patriot thing. I kind of was last year too, and and you saw how that that worked out. But they're just different. Yeah, the Patriots are a good, not great team. I think that's probably the best way to describe them. I'm taking the Chiefs to to win and cover as well. Here's the thing: I, I don't think, and as a sentence, I don't think I was going to say in the last like five or six years. I don't think the Patriots' offense can keep up. I really don't. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to put up enough points in this game, and I have no faith whatsoever that New England can put up enough points when it matters just to keep this game, uh, you know, to, to, to win this game. Uh, Kansas City's not going to be able to run the ball because they're not going to have Damian Williams, it looks like, so they're going to have to split time between LaShawn McCoy and Darwin Thompson. I think they're both flex plays. McCoy got a lot more work in the passing game last week. I imagine that will be the same this week, but Thompson's probably going to get as many carries. Both are flex plays for me. Um, you know, Tyree Kill is probably more of a low-end wide receiver one than a high-end wide receiver one this week, but he's a must-start. You're throwing him out there. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, all the usual suspects there. Uh, I think James White could have a pretty good game. Um, the only- I think he's going to have to. I think he, he needs to be almost the feature back in that offense like he was in the second half last week. And he should because right now the only reason why the Chiefs don't give up the most uh, receiving yards to pass-catching running backs in the league is because that number was now given to the Texans after what James White did to them last week. Uh, so I think James White needs to be featured. He needs to take over this game. But even if he does, like there's, I just don't think there are enough other pieces there. You know, Edelman will have a good game, but he'll, he'll be eh, It'll be normal. Uh, Something to watch there, though, with the James White thing is, I mean, you're playing the you're playing the Patriots, and you're almost playing them in dime if you watched what happened last week. So James White ran it pretty well in that game as well, out of the shotgun. Where normally James White's in, I think it was 65% pass. If Sonny Michelle was in the game, it was like 80% run on the season. If James White's in the game, they can speed it up. They can go no huddle. He runs it really well out of the shotgun. That's something to really pay attention to if Kansas City has six or seven DBs on the field, if they're in nickel or dime the whole time. Now, we used to have success with that because they were covering him out of the backfield with a corner, but they gave up some runs in the second half to it. It'll be really interesting to see what the game plan looks like. I think, I, I don't know. I agree with you wholeheartedly, though. I, I just don't think they can keep pace on offense. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. And look, once you think you have the Patriots running back situation figured out, he's going to have, you know, like Rex Burkhead's going to have 35 carries or something weird <laughs> in this game. But yeah. uh, I, I just, to me, and look, the Patriots – the Patriots defense has been good, but they also have been good because they haven't played anybody. And yeah. they've shown cracks at different elements. I just think at this point, like if you're asking the Patriots offense to put up 28, 31 points in a game, they just can't do it right now. And I think that's what, and I think Kansas City can. And I think that's going to be the difference in this game. Yeah, one of the most inflated uh, team stats that I've ever seen was the Patriots defense over the first eight weeks, right? When they went into Baltimore and you looked at those statistics and you're looking at the quarterbacks that they played and I'm hearing about how this is an elite all-time NFL defense and I'm going, please, please stop, right? It's it, was, it wasn't even close. They're a good defense, but to put them in that category when – the the first half of the season they literally played high school quarterbacks it was not not Go exactly back to early in the year when they played the bills and they barely won and we all talked about josh allen they getting sure knocked won. down on it. yeah right, like that was they, anytime they've played anybody good or solid and i think we would damn sure put kansas city in that category they've looked terrible yeah Houston, what houston's not elite by any means yeah. It, it's they haven't they're not in the elite defense. I'm I'm tired of hearing about them in that in that category. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, a playoff team. 
going on the road to play the Arizona Cardinals. They're a three-point favorite on the road. Let me tell you something. I was out this morning, and I saw a lot of Steelers fans in Old Town. There are a lot of them here. There are going to be a lot of them at the stadium. There are a lot of them everywhere, right? We know that about Pittsburgh. Jake knows that. Uh, Jamie knows that, too. It's it's going to be a, a very a very large amount of Pittsburgh fans at this game. It's going to be a Steelers home game in the desert with the terrible towels waving. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an ugly one. Um, And the, and the Steelers for all their, for all their, all the injuries they've dealt with, all the issues they've had. um, You should actually, I'm going to plug Trevor Sycamore's article because it's really good. And there's a lot of research behind it on the fact that Mike Tomlin should get some coach of the year votes because of yes, what should. an incredible job um, he's done considering all the all the issues that they've had and the quarterbacks they're starting. So, Jake, I'll let you take this one first. What do you see happening in the desert? Does Pittsburgh get it done and continue to stay in playoff contention? I think they do. I got them 28-24, but it's an interesting matchup. I mean, I talked to a bunch of Cardinals people last week, and they thought the bye came too late, and then Thanksgiving, and the guys couldn't get ready, and they just completely laid an egg. You're talking about a Rams fan base that doesn't travel very well, but when you heard Cooper Cup catch a pass, you go, what? From the Rams fans? There was that little Cardinal stuff going on? Like, when the Steelers come in, they're literally going to take this place over, as bad as I've probably ever seen it happen. Um, that being said, they're going to have to put the game on Duck Hodges to win it. I think Benny Snell probably has a solid game. It'll be really interesting to see how the game flow goes. I think Jalen Samuels is going to have to play some because you could throw it all over the Cardinals. They're giving, they're averaging 300 yards plus to opposing teams' quarterbacks. And Jared Goff had that at halftime last week. I don't think they played that bad again, but I think this is a really interesting matchup. Steelers' defense has been really good. Uh, Kyler Murray keeps getting all this credit for as little turnovers that he's had as a as a rookie. And I've watched three pick sixes get dropped in the last four weeks. <laughs> the Steelers have taken advantage of that. They don't they don't do that. I think they get some turnovers. And I think their defense has a big day, and that's how they get it done. But I think it's probably pretty close. Yeah, this is actually, as I looked at this game, I went, you know, nationally, this isn't going to get a ton of attention, but it's a really fun football game to kind of watch and see how they go. Uh, I think I agree with you. I think the, the Steelers' defense is the difference in this matchup because I think they're going to have a field day. Uh, I think they're going to maybe they'll be able to get one of those pick sixes that you just talked about because Kyler Murray has not looked that great recently. And again, there's a difference between box score scouting and actually watching what's happening in some of these games and seeing how yeah, he was got awful last week. Yeah, and seeing how well, well he was got awful in both in both types of scouting last week. Yeah. Uh, but seeing like, some of the differences in, in luck and whatnot. Uh, l- look, the Devlin Hodges might be the the least talented starting quarterback in the NFL, but he's going up against the worst secondary in the NFL. Uh, Benny Snell has been fine. I mean, he's been absolutely fine as the lead back when they're giving him 20 carries a game. He's going to get 20 carries here, and he'll be a low-end RB2, and you're going to be pretty happy uh, if you're starting him. James Washington, I think, could have a really big game here. He's a, he's a wide receiver three for me. Uh, the Cardinals haven't covered the tight end since the Nixon administration, so maybe this is the game Vance McDonald <laughs> finally, like, finally does something. Like, look, look, they made Ross Delwilly, they made OJ Howard, they, I mean, they made uh, Tyler Higby. I mean, all these dudes that had one good game all season. Um, TJ Hawkinson, like, they made these guys that had like one big game all season, all dominated uh, the Arizona Cardinals. So maybe you can get that from Vance McDonald. Uh, Steelers defense is a sneaky, really strong play this week in fantasy and in DFS. Look, and on Arizona's side, I'm not trusting any of the running backs. I'm not trusting anybody there. Um, I think really the only – I don't think I am playing a Cardinals offensive player this week. Kyler Murray's outside my top 15 quarterbacks. 
I don't have I don't have a Cardinals running back inside my top thirty running backs. I don't have a Cardinals receiver inside my top thirty five wide receivers. Like I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna avoid Cardinals for fantasy purposes for this week entirely. And yeah, I, I don't know what to expect. I mean, if they lay another egg like they did last week, they lost what eight straight. Yeah, those. Because uh, uh, what? Because they were th- what? Were they three, three, and one at the peak? Was that what yeah, it was? I mean, so, I think so. Whew, like this if, is. They, they yeah, if they, lo- to, if they lose again, they'll be it'll be six in a row. Yeah, they they've been again. able to skate by with a narrative of being better because, especially because if you recall, two of those losses they took to the San Francisco 49ers and they kept them so. Close. And they played great. Yeah, yeah, they played great. So it kind of feels like yeah, they've lost, but they they had that little basically the month of November where they played better or the the first. Yeah, but half last of week October. was so bad that it's like. Yeah. Anything, anything's an upgrade. But, like, this yeah. is a winnable game for them. The Steelers aren't that good. Their defense no. is, but, like, offensively, you ought to be able to stop them, but they haven't stopped anybody. Yeah. And you start uh, adding up the pieces, man. Like, they got a great middle linebacker in Hicks who's playing his tail off. Chandler Jones has been awesome. Buda Baker in the back end has been awesome. Patrick Peterson's still Patrick Peterson. Byron Murphy's been solid. Like, they shouldn't be this bad. I don't know what's going on, but they're getting torched week after week. Yeah, defensively they've been atrocious, and that. And I was really disappointed. I, I mean, I picked them last week. I was so excited to see what they were going to come out of the bye week with, creativity wise, and none of it happened. They went back to what they did one weeks one, two, and three, where nothing worked, and ten personnel with four wide receivers. No, last week was a, a game. It was awful. Was last season, it was a it was a complete beatdown, and especially coming from this wasn't the Rams of last year. This was a, a Rams team that hasn't beaten up anybody. And like that, they, they didn't look good against anybody. And they came in and just demolished that Cardinals team. It was a bad loss. So we'll see what they can put together this week and if they can take a step forward or if it's more of the same. The Tennessee Titans going on the road to play the Oakland Raiders. Tennessee's had it going lately. Ryan Tannehill, as we've talked about, has been a solid play for most of his tenure of starting for Tennessee. Uh, the Oakland Raiders have taken a couple losses, and they are a underdog at home. Tennessee going in as a three-point favorite. Jamie, I'll let you take this one first. Is Ryan Tannehill part of your starting crew this week, and what do you see happening here? Yeah, I think Ryan Tannehill is a low-end QB1 this week, so there's there are going to be a lot of leagues where, again, you have Josh Allen, you have Drew Brees, you have Kyler Murray, you have some of those guys that you've been relying on, and I think he is a better option than all of those guys. Keep an eye on on the other side because Josh Jacobs hasn't practiced much this week. I think he came out that he said he's been playing with a with a fracture in his shoulder. Uh, wow. So that's someone to kind of keep an eye on that maybe he might be limited or might not play in this game. So somebody you better watch and you better pick up DeAndre Washington if you're relying on him to win you your matchup this week just in case something happens there. Uh, I'm going to take the Titans to, cover, to win and cover in this game, but this is not what I'm going to bet because the Raiders are coming back home after a, a decent little road trip that they had there. And I think they could have a nice little boost. So I'm a little concerned about this game, uh, but and I'm a little concerned that Josh Jacobs is not going to play, so I'm probably not going to bet it. But I would take the Titans uh, and the points here. I think Derrick Henry should have another big game. I, I don't. It, I, I saw today uh, that somebody put on uh, Derrick Henry parentheses doesn't matter limited at practice. That's kind of how I feel like it. He's going to go out. He's going to play. He's going to run for 100 yards and probably two touchdowns, and it's fine. So you don't have to worry about him. Uh, I'm not starting really, aside from Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, I'm not starting any Raiders player in this game. Tyrell Williams is droppable. Uh, and I really don't want to rely on any Tennessee wide receiver option either. So this is pretty simple. You're playing the running backs and you're playing Tannehill. Yeah, I got it. 24-21 Titans. The, the Raiders have laid an egg two weeks in a row, big time. I mean, last week it got away from them early and they had to get out of their game plan and Jacobs was going off at 100 yards at halftime. 
and they couldn't really do that because they were getting their doors blown off of Kansas City. But they went to New York the week before, and the Jets just dusted them. Like, they couldn't do anything against a Jets team that hadn't done anything. It was, ah, I don't know, it was interesting. I can see them getting a little bit of a boost as well, but they're starting to get banged up, and this young team looks like they're kind of hitting a wall to me. If I have to pick one or the other, since I got it right in the line, I'll take the Titans to cover. Tannehill's, what, five or six and one as a starter since he come in? Yeah. Good, awesome. Uh, Derek Henry has had like a three-game historic the last three weeks. Uh, I think that continues. If Jacobs plays, he has a solid day, but it'll be interesting to see what you get from the Raiders. I, it, they were really solid there for a while, but that's two big-time blowouts back-to-back weeks on the road. Yeah, uh, I feel like Ryan Tannehill is one of the more underappreciated for what he's been doing this season, right? Going in and, and taking over that situation. You're talking about Dak losing money. Tannehill's made himself some money because if they don't yeah. pay him, he's he's hitting free agency at a really interesting time. Yep, go get your money, man. Um, the Sunday night football game is a good one, and it's uh, I'm actually surprised to see it as a pick 'em. The Seattle Seahawks are going on the road to play the LA Rams. It's a pick 'em, um, and and although it's at LA, uh, the Rams don't have any type of a home field advantage. They do not play. There will be a ton of Seahawks fans there. They very they they travel very well. There's a lot of people from Seattle that are transplants to LA. Anybody who's been to an LA Rams game can tell you it doesn't matter who's playing there. It's, oh, there's a lot of the opposing fan because it's Los Angeles. It's very they much tend to show up a lot more in prime time, though. The, the fan base sure. plays packs for out. Sure. But you're well, right. They'll they'll, be, the fans from, they'll be, it's like London, though. There's fans from every team. Absolutely. That's just LA is a transplant uh, city, very much like Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Jamie, I'll let you take this one first. Sunday Night Football, a good divisional matchup. The Rams obviously got a victory last week that they needed. They need to keep winning to sniff the postseason. Do they get a victory? Do they take care of the Seattle Seahawks at home who are now at the top of this division? I think they do. I think this is an extremely close game. Like this might be a one or two point game. I'm going to take the Rams pick them here. Oh, that line's gone down a little bit because I mean Seattle was last I checked at one point last night they were one and a half point favorites. So there's some bets been coming in on the other side. Uh, look, I think this is going to be an extremely close game, just like it was when they played this game in Seattle a few weeks back. Uh, I, I'm really excited for this one. I my, my concern with Seattle is just going to be. Uh, is their passing game at the moment. They're going to be able to run the ball effectively with both their backs, but I'm concerned that Tyler Lockett is more hurt than he's letting on. Uh, I know some think you know, it was just going to be a decoy last week and everything will be fine this week. I, I want to wait and see if everything's going to be fine this week. So I, I'm a little concerned that even with Russell Wilson, who would be the number two in the MVP race right now, uh, I'm still a little concerned that they're going to be limited in the passing game. Uh, I think, and look, Jared Goff plays well against bad secondaries. He doesn't play as well as he should, as I keep joking about the 80% thing, but he has played well fantasy wise against bad secondaries. And uh, if you look at it, the teams that have, I wrote this for Sports Illustrated in the Sneaky Starts column, against teams that are ranked in the bottom 13 for most points allowed to quarterbacks, he's had pretty good games against every one of them, including Seattle. Uh, so I think he's going to have a really good shot here. He had 395 yards and a touchdown in that game. I think he has a good shot at getting you 18 to 20 fantasy points in this matchup, which is, again, good enough to be a QB1 this week if that's the case. Uh, I think he's a solid play. Uh, I think, obviously, you're playing Cooper Cup every week now. Robert Woods is playing every week. You're playing Todd Gurley, who I think will be featured a little bit more in this game. Uh, I, I'm just really excited. My only concern is going to be, can if Seattle gets up, they're going to be able to uh, – gets up significantly. They're going to be able to run it. And they're going to be able to run it with different backs and keep guys fresh. But my concern is if they ask Seattle to come from behind in this game, and as much as and as good as Russell Wilson is at doing that, I'm a little worried about the limited weapons because we haven't seen Josh Gordon do anything there so far. I love DK, but he's he's not going to take over the game. 
Lockett's been invisible. Hollister hasn't has been banged up and hasn't been the same since the first couple of weeks. I'm just a little concerned that Seattle's lacking a little bit of firepower in the passing game. That I'm going to lean toward the Rams here to just squeak one out. You get zero disagreement from me. I'm taking the Rams 34-30 uh, in a very interesting game. Some other interesting stats here. The Jalen Ramsey trade has paid off. Not only is he in shutting down number one receivers, but what that's led to is the Rams are fourth in the NFL in sacks and sacks per game since that trade, 4.2 a game. Aaron Donald always plays well and is always chasing Russell Wilson all over the place. And the Rams played Seattle really well. Uh, the other part of this that's really interesting is Russell Wilson is the winningest primetime player in the history of the NFL with anybody with 20 starts. He's 3-0 and against the Rams in primetime. That, that's a big sample size, man. 20 primetime games, the winningest ever over Steve Young. Um, I'm still going with the Rams. I saw a lot last week. I watched a lot of that game. And if Jared Goff has time, he's really good. The other part of that is the Seattle Seahawks have been rushing the passer really well the last four or five weeks. They look like a different defensive line. I think it's going to be a really fun game. I think it's going to be high scoring. That, that's all the Seahawks are playing is, is high scoring games. Uh, but I think the Rams get it done. All right. You guys both on the Rams train. I think uh, I'm, I'm on the opposite way. I think the Seahawks take care of business. I just don't believe in the Rams. They, they beat a bad Cardinals team really bad, and I think it's a boat of an overreaction. But we'll see. We'll see if they can. Uh, they definitely need this one if they want to uh, keep postseason hopes alive, especially with San Francisco and Seattle. And Seattle wants to have that number one, you know, wants to stay in the number one overall conversation for, for seeding in the NFC, and they want to keep San Francisco at bay for now. They're at top of that division in the NFC West. All right, guys, we've reached the end of the podcast. Jake, I'll let you go first. Any parting thoughts on today's pod? Yeah, fun week. Like I said, man, this is like the go to the bar, grab a beer, have four TVs that you can see well and catch pieces of all these games. You got some big lines. You got some small lines. We got to pick them. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really fun day of football, a fantasy playoff start for most people. A lot of implications, a lot of implications of bad games you might not want to watch that a lot of people will be watching as well because of fantasy uh, implications. I, I, I'm excited. I think it'll be a really fun weekend. Jamie, you know, any parting thoughts here? Just a few things to note that have come down. And again, you have to pay really close attention to injuries and injury reports as we go into this final week. Because again, for most of you, this is a one-week season, so you don't have time to make mistakes. Uh, Damien Williams was officially ruled out as we expected. So again, expect a, a split between Darwin Thompson and LaShawn McCoy. For Kansas City, uh, David Njoku is expected to play this week. Probably not somebody you can rely on, but he will be a top 15 tight end this week. So if you're really desperate or something weird happens, uh, he's a decent player to have. Uh, keep in mind that Adam Thielen is not practicing today and that uh, Mike Zimmer kind of slipped in a conversation yesterday and said we will reevaluate him next week. He says, I mean tomorrow. Uh, so I think there's a good chance that he does not play. So you continue to make other options there. And again, as Jake mentioned earlier in the show, Kyle Rudolph has been really strong on the field when Adam Thielen has not been. So he becomes a tight end one this week. And Golden Tate got in his first full practice in what feels like forever. Uh, so he's someone you might be able to rely on here on, on Monday Night Football and just make sure you have a backup option, and whether it's Darius Slayton or somebody like that, just in case. So just a couple notes to keep in mind, and good luck in your matchups. Yeah, good luck. It's fantasy postseason, exciting time of the year. Very excited for uh, for that to get going for for all of us. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. And Jamie? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. 
You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at TDN Fantasy underscore on Twitter and at TDN Fantasy on Instagram. And be sure to check out Jamie's rankings. This is a big one. The fantasy postseason is here. You can check those out on the draftnetwork.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.